Hey girl, are you caught up in the cycle of binge eating and then running through the negative thoughts and blame and the shame that this kind of behavior brings? Do you consistently ask why me? Why can't I stop? You're blaming yourself and you have no control or willpower. Today in this episode, I'm going to dive into binge eating the emotions and just four keys that can help you overcome the emotional impact that this behavior can have on you and hopefully give you a few steps to begin to find freedom in this area of your life. So I hope you'll stick with me. Let's dive in. Hey girl, welcome to the podcast, She Breaks Free. I'm Tara Josie, a wife, mom, fitness professional, and recovered obsessor of diet and exercise. If you're ready to finally break free from what you're supposed to do and find out what's best for you, Gain solutions on the diet that works for your body and learn fitness strategies to change your health. This podcast was made for you. As always, you can find out more or connect with me in our Facebook group, She Breaks Free. Okay, it's time to put your big girl pants on, lay that cookie down. Let's get into today's show. I used to binge a lot. Uh, probably every weekend for years. And for me, sometimes it ended up in purging. And I never got diagnosed with an eating disorder. I never went and sought help in that way. I didn't really think that I, I really did have an eating disorder. But, you know, looking back, obviously I did because of the binge behavior that I was engaging in for so very long. And it's just this unhealthy behavior around food and not really understanding how to get out of it and the emotions that came along with it. Nobody really, nobody that was in my circle really ever talked about that or nor were there any podcasts, you know, that I could listen to or resources that I felt like I could go to to really help me figure out what I needed to do. And, you know, this was so consistent and so damaging to my mental health, like just mentally just holding on to this behavior is is so very detrimental to our growth, um, not just as Christians, but as women. And it is so much a place that Satan wants to keep us, right? Just being quiet, isolating yourself, feeling ashamed, feeling alone, feeling trapped, feeling like you can't move forward. You're afraid to be around food. You're afraid to be hungry. You're afraid to, because you don't want yourself to go into this binge state. And all those things are so heavy. And, you know, I did it for years. And when I finally was able to, uh, several things happened in my life to really bring me to a place of coming out of that behavior. And sometimes it was just life circumstance. And, you know, I think we have to view things as God brings us through our journey. Like, what is he putting in our path? that gets our mind off of ourselves. And for me, that was that was a huge part of it, is things that were coming into my life that made me think of somebody else other than myself. Because when we are involved in this behavior, we are completely and totally consumed with ourselves and this struggle. And it can be super debilitating. For me, it was the shame, the disgust, the disappointment, the sadness, you know, the loneliness and fear and the blame, all these emotions, you know, whatever it might be for you, for me, it was shame, disgust, and fear. Those were the three that continually came up when I, when this behavior, when I was going through it. And I, I just couldn't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just ate all that. 
what in the world is wrong with me? I feel so ashamed. I would never tell anybody that I ate all that. I cannot believe I just ate, you know, two boxes of cereal or whatever it might be, just binging like I'd never eaten before and feeling like what in the world is wrong with me? You know, I would eat so much so quickly. And sometimes, like I said, it would end in getting rid of it, purging it because I felt so awful about myself, not only like, like the emotional side, but physically my belly was so full. It was like, oh, I feel so sick. I got to get rid of this. And so this behavior was so negatively impacting me and the mental place that I was, you know, I was afraid that I would never stop or I could never stop. I was afraid of that. And, you know, realizing that God's grace is sufficient for me. It's sufficient for you. God's grace is there for you. And I can't tell you how much he loves you in this place and how much his heart hurts for you because of where you are. And this was one thing that, you know what, I, running to God was the, like typically the last thing that I thought about when I was in the midst of this behavior because I was so ashamed. But yet God sees, you know, he sees all of us. He sees what we do in the dark places. He sees what we do when no one's around. And for me, I just kind of put that off to the side. I kind of compartmentalized it and, you know, I was just doing this behavior. And then I would go into my normal, the next morning I would go into my devotion and, and the, the, the two things were not meshing together. And I want to share you share with you what I learned, some four key things that I learned to help me overcome this behavior. And if you need to grab a notebook and a pen, just quickly jot these down, learning what what helped me. The first one is to be honest, be honest with myself and to stop hiding, to stop lying to myself and understanding that I have to, I have to come to God. I have to surrender to God that, you know, this is something that's controlling my life. And it was completely and totally, you know, people didn't know because I never shared it in the time when I was going through it. And when we, when we do that, we're living in darkness. We've got to bring things to the light. We need to share and be open with God. And if you have a trusted friend, this is what helped me as well, sharing with a trusted friend my struggle. And it was only one person. It wasn't, it wasn't many people. And it was somebody that I truly felt like could encourage me, could pray for me, could genuinely love me through this and not judge me for what I was telling her. And, you know, if you don't have someone in your life like that, please extend a email to me. I want to be there for you because somebody needs to be there, a trusted friend, someone that can encourage you along the way. Open your heart to the truth of God's word and get that word in you. And that is the first start is that honesty, not hiding anymore, not lying to yourself. Like you've got to have help. You have to have people, accountability. I say people, a person that can at least help guide you. And if it's something that you need to seek therapy for, something that there is an underlying issue that really has triggered this in your life, you've got to go see somebody professionally that can help you work through any trauma or anything else that may have happened um, that that has brought you to this behavior. And, you know, I was able to work through all that with a prayer counselor. I really didn't have any major trauma in my life that led me to it. It was just a series of things that, you know, behaviors that led me to it wasn't anything particular that trauma wise that, that I experienced, but I did seek help. Uh, to pray through a lot of things that were healing in my life or that need to be healed in my life. 
So that's number one, be honest with yourself and stop hiding, stop being in the darkness with this. Secondly, that accountability, like I just said before, you know, with God, the accountability of just pouring out your heart every single day, every single time that you just want to go binge, God, just get on your knees, Lord, I want to, I right now, all I want to do is just go binge eat. And, and, you know, that may not happen because sometimes that will to do the binge, that will to go for the food is so far greater than your will to seek God. For me, it was so far greater than that at the beginning. But the more and more that I was paying attention to listening to God, to seeking God, the less and less I was letting that desire and that will to, to binge take over. I was leaning more towards what God wanted versus what, what I wanted. You know, that accountability with your friend to yourself, really journaling for me was huge. Just the accountability and, and seeing that, you know, writing down like, God, this is where I am. And then as you're praying, you know, months later, you know, God, this was a small win for me today. I wanted to binge eat, but instead I turned away. I went outside, went for a walk and I just pray. It was a prayer walk with you and just prayed and really was able to overcome that. So, you know, journaling is a great way. It, it worked great for me and maybe it's a, a something that would work for you. The third key is to dive deeper into the why. And as I just mentioned earlier, the, the key to really kind of unwrapping the why behind the behavior for you and, you know, once you get past the physical de deprivation, because our bodies physiologically cannot live in deprivation, like we can't be starving ourselves and expect there not to be a binge. And this was huge for me. This opened my eyes so huge because the diet culture teaches us that we have to cut everything out in order for us to lose weight. If we want to lose weight, this is what we have to do. We have to follow these rules and following these rules is going to get us to where we want to be. Well, guess what? In the meantime, we then begin to pick up these patterns of unhealthy food behaviors because we're trying to reach a certain number on a scale. And after going through this and being where I am today, like I cannot believe that I lived for years in this place because of this certain number I wanted to be on a scale and never was I happy in any of that. And so once you get past the understanding of this physical dep deprivation, like you can't physically deprive yourself every single day, day in and day out, and not expect a binge to happen. Like that's going to happen. So you've got to understand that your nutrition has got to be on point. You are feeding yourself. You are not starving yourself. You have got to have a good, healthy breakfast. You got to have a good, satisfying lunch. You, and then you know, if you're not, if you're hungry in the evening, if you're hungry later in the day, then you've got to figure out what did I not do early in the day to set me up for feeling like I have not been deprived all day because that's what happens. Or if we, if we are deprived, our body's always going to binge. So moving right past that point. So let's say you are physically feeling satisfied in your meals and you are still binge eating. You are still going for it periodically that there's there could be physical trauma there that you've never addressed there could be some emotional trauma there that you've never addressed and this may be where you need to seek a professional maybe you need to go to a a licensed counselor that's going to speak into the area that you specifically are struggling with finding someone finding a resource that can help you with the trauma that maybe you've never dealt with in your life 
because food is a comfort, right? For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's food. And if you haven't addressed the traumatic things that in your life and you're using food to cover it up and mask it, you'll never, ever get to full freedom unless you're healed from that place. Even if it was 30 years ago, even if it was 20 years ago, or if it was six months ago, you can't just push that down and ignore it because you're always going to try to find something to cover up that to make you feel comfortable. You know, the physical and the mental trauma can really be a huge factor here for people. And I just encourage you to have the have the wisdom to just seek God for God. What does this look like in my life? Do I need to seek out professional help? And if so, show me who that is, Lord. The fourth and final key is to really put practical tools in place to help in those moments where you are you know, you're driving straight for for it, right? All your mind is focused on is hitting the pantry when you get home and you start off with one thing and you end up eating like, you know, all the things. And, you know, some of the practical tools that really help me, well, first of all, know your weakness, right? So if you know that you always struggle at the end of the day, or let's say mid-afternoon, at the end of the day or mid-afternoon, and you you're able to go out. Um, you know, I used to, I used to leave work for quote unquote lunch hour. Uh, and, and I would eat my lunch at my desk, but then I would run out for an errand. I'd go to food lion right down the street. I'd get a, a whole box of cookies, like the fresh baked cookies. And I would just eat probably five or six of them. And then I'd go back to work like that behavior. First of all, I was hiding. Second of all, you know, feeling awful going back to my desk. I just ate six or seven chocolate chip cookies that were, you know, the bakery size cookies and just feeling sluggish and awful sitting at my desk. But like that will to go do that was far outweighed what I was trying to do seeking God. I never, that was never a thought, you know, but the more that I, that I turned that away, the more that I distracted myself from that type of thinking, no, I, that's not what I need right now. I need to go do this. Or I take a walk, go outside and take a walk around the building or, you know, go talk to somebody that I need to talk to to distract me from those, those thoughts. But if you know that your weak point is the middle of the afternoon, you need to set yourself up for success. You've got to find something that is satisfying for lunch. And if that means you just need a little bit of something sweet after lunch, maybe you break off a piece of dark chocolate or something that is, or even find a protein bar that you like. And if it's got a little bit of sweetness in, which most of them do, you know, break off a half of that or even have a whole one and have it so that you are not starving when you get home. And when you get home is your week time and you, you just start getting ravenous and you start going going for everything. So making sure you know your weakness, your weak points in the day and setting yourself up with things that will help you avoid that. Know your times when you're most susceptible, huge. If it's right before you go to bed, if it's after dinner, those times are most susceptible. Change your habit, change your behavior pattern. If you are married, you got your spouse, go, go take a walk outside. In the time that you typically would try to raid the pantry, go outside. If, if you live by yourself, you know, go take a walk or go listen to your favorite podcast or go read a book or do something that's going to get your behavior to change from the pattern that you've created, right? Have a plan in place to shift your behavior to do something. And so 
you know, whether it's a walk, whether it's making a phone call to that person that's your accountability partner, that person that is trusted, or it's a text message, or it's, I'm really struggling right now. I need you to help pray for me right now. Uh, you know, whatever it might be, you're going to know what works for you. You're going to know what doesn't work for you. You've got to single that out and figure it out and make a plan for it because it's going to happen if you don't make that plan. It's going to happen if you don't have yourself set up for success. So have those practical tools in place so that you can begin to make strides towards the other direction, that you can begin to make small steps that turn into big steps to that freedom. I pray that this has somehow reached to a place that you never thought about. I pray that this uh, will help shape what you do next today, what you do next tomorrow, and that you will truly be honest with yourself, that you will find that accountability with God, with yourself, with somebody that's trusted, and really understanding, diving deeper into the why behind it, and then walking out those practical tools. If you would love to come into our Facebook group, I would love for that to happen. Just come in, She Breaks Free, and just stay connected that way. Also, you can email me at taraj, T-A-R-A-J, at dietditching.com. We'd love to hear where you are, how I can pray for you, how I can encourage you, and give you some practical steps to move forward in this journey. God bless and take care. If you have been blessed today, you can thank me big by heading over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a written review of the show. I would be so grateful. Secondly, if you want to connect with me and others who are like-minded, go to Facebook and join She Breaks Free group. It's a private group where you can feel safe and always share your heart. I will be there to answer questions, provide tips, and help you in your journey to freedom. Here's to you breaking free. God bless.